Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I'm really thankful this morning, really blessed that we live not only in Australia, but in Adelaide. And the fact that we can gather together like this is just a real blessing. Even recently, I celebrated a birthday and I felt blessed. It wasn't a big number. Well, actually, it was a big number. It wasn't a special number. (laughs) And I felt really blessed because my 12-year-old son decided that the thing that I needed most for my 49th birthday was a Nerf gun. (laughs) Now, I've got to tell you, I personally felt really blessed. My son didn't feel so blessed when he became the target of that Nerf gun. And nor did he feel so blessed when I thought it might be a good idea to use said Nerf gun as an alarm clock. I don't get it. It was such a blessing to me. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I love about Life Adelaide is the blessing that you are to me. It's the blessing that we are to each other. And if I was to ask the question, who wants to be more blessed? Everyone would put their hand up. I've loved this series. It's been such a blessing to me. Pastor Danny's message last week on encouragement was such a blessing. And if we want more of God's blessing, there's actually a way that we can do it. Are you interested? Do you want to know how we can experience more of God's blessing? Well, let's turn to Psalm 133. Because in there it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren brothers and sisters, to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You see, The Bible actually gives us a pattern right here as to how to experience God's blessing. Actually, more than that, the Bible is telling us right here of how God will command a blessing to come over us. And that blessing is commanded when we live in unity. Now, I don't know about you, but unity is not something that comes naturally to me. Unity is something that assembly is required for. Why? Well, probably because we live in a world which is actually adversarial. Think about it for a moment. Our legal system is adversarial. We have the prosecution and we have the defence. Our political system is adversarial. We have Labour versus Liberal. Our sporting systems are adversarial. We have the Crows and the Power. Anyone who's cheering the Crows right now, give it up. Give it up. You are done and probably done for many years. I'm sorry. Our employment system... (laughs) 
Our employment systems are actually set up adversarial. We have employees and we have management. When Australia actually had an automotive industry, it was adversarial. It was Ford versus Holden. And you see, we, we are ingrained. It is taught into us from an early age to be adversarial. You see, when we're young, who remembers? You have two pictures and you need to find the ten differences. You see, we're, we're trained to look for difference. When we go shopping, we never look for commonality. I'm looking at two shirts. Hey, look, they're 98% the same. Which one should I choose? We don't look for the commonality. It could be the same material. It could be the same buttons. It might have a slightly different cut. And yet we look for the difference. Our brains are trained not to look for 99% in common. They're trained for 1% of difference. All of this could be working perfectly. And if there is one flashing light, what do we see? The one flashing light. We are trained to look for difference, not commonality. How about we give it up for our production team? Because they don't get it right 99% of the time. They get it right way more than that. And yet the one time, what do we see? We see the difference. It actually gets worse than that. Not only are we trained to see difference, but we're trained to self-justify. Not only is there difference, but I must be right and you must be wrong. And so keeping unity within the church is nearly impossible. And yet there is a commanded blessing from God that when we would live in unity, he will be there. Now, can I just clarify Psalm 133 just for a moment, please? You see, Psalm 133 doesn't say that just because people gather together and agree, then God's blessing is there. Just because all the power supporters get together doesn't mean God is there. There may be agreement, but it doesn't mean that God's commanded blessing is there. Every parent knows how good it is when brothers dwell in unity in the house. But just because there may be agreement in the house doesn't necessarily mean God is commanding the blessing there. You see, what Psalm 133 is actually saying is that there is a commanded blessing. How do we know it's a commanded blessing? Because both the oil, which is the oil of anointing that would be poured over the head of a new king, poured over the head of a new priest. It was the anointing oil. It came from above. Just like the dew coming down the mountain comes from Above, there is a commanded blessing when we dwell in unity around what comes from above. And so when we choose to dwell together, when we choose to get along with each other under 
the kingship of Jesus Christ, there is a commanded blessing that comes in. Can I give you a really practical example? Have you ever looked at the staff here at Life Adelaide and wondered, how do they get along? (laughs) Just for a moment, think about Pastor Danny. Everyone loves Pastor Danny. Why? Because Pastor Danny has a heart connection with everyone. Because Pastor Danny is heart. But then we also have our business manager, Matt Barnes, who I must say does have a heart. Don't don't read that in. But our business manager, Matt Barnes, is very much wired into a thinking mode. Everything he does is all about how do we progress the church forward from a systems and a structures and a managed and logical thought process. How do those two people get along? Easy. Under what comes from above. It comes together from being united in Christ. It comes from wanting to see the kingdom of God move forward. And so therefore we use our gifts, our skills, our abilities together so that we can forward God's kingdom. Look, that does not mean that it's easy working here at Life Adelaide because we are so different, because we have different personalities, we have different strengths and different weaknesses. It means that there are some really robust conversations that happen There's lots of having to think, what did they mean by that? There's lots of, you know what, if we all bring our gift together, there is going to be some rubbing up the wrong way. It's just part of it. But when we choose to stay united under Jesus Christ himself, then our differences and our strengths come together. We don't try to minimize our differences in one sense. We just try to leverage the strength of another person on the team. And so as we come together in unity, there is this amazing thing that happens, which you guys often see as church, but we look at it and go, wow, God is so much better than we are (laughs) because we are not perfect. I personally am so thankful for Matt Ward because I can't do any of the AV stuff that we do. It's not my strength, but together we do it. And so when we choose to dwell in unity, we will see the blessing from God. Can I say that the benefits far outweigh the challenge? I think for some of us, the old saying is birds of a feather flock together. I think we need to get out of that mode I think we need to find some friendship groups that are a little bit different so that God can work with us better in that moment. John 17, verses 20 to 23. This is Jesus, and he says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one 
as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is actually a prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's just about to get taken away to be crucified. And his prayer for us, that we may be one as he and the Father are one. Wow, what a challenge. What a challenge. There is so much in there. It's a reminder that God is Trinitarian. We believe God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, when Jesus was here, he was operating as a man. And so for him to say, just as we are one, this isn't just God the Father, God the Son living in heaven. This is God the Father and Jesus the man on earth, saying, just as we are one, may they be one as well. It's a theme that is actually echoed throughout the New Testament. We see that the church is likened to a body. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Together, we are the body of Christ. Together, we are not meant to be a cadaver. Just like the blood goes around my body and brings nutrients throughout my body, just as the blood pumps around and makes me alive, the Holy Spirit is meant to be working in each of us, moving through each of us, knitting us together to make us alive. The same is that we're meant to be connected. We're not meant to be just a pile of limbs, but we're meant to bring our giftings together and work as a body. You see, whenever there isn't unity in our body, we see a doctor. And if there isn't unity in the body, then we need to see the doctor, Jesus himself, to bring that unity back. You see, church is also likened as a building. It's used by both Paul and Peter in the New Testament. And I just want to make an important distinction here. We may have a building, but we are called to be a building. Just as Christ or the Holy Spirit work in us, making us the temple of the Holy Spirit, together we are meant to come together and be the building of the Holy Spirit. And so we're not called to be a pile of stones. We're called to have alignment with Christ as the cornerstone. We are called to have strength. A wall is strong when it's built together. And likewise, we're called to have permanence. There's an old saying, things aren't built like they used to be. And in part, that's true. But it's not true of God's house, that he is building with us if we choose to walk in unity. The final thing that we see in the scriptures 
is that the church is likened to being brothers and sisters. Over 120 times in the New Testament, that term, brothers and sisters, is used. Most of the times when that is used, it's talking about promoting unity. Can you do me a favor? Quickly, stand up. Have a look around. Because may I present to you this morning your brothers and sisters. I don't know what the devil has said to you in the way of family. I don't know what the devil has done to distort your view of family. But right here, right now, as you look around, here are your brothers and sisters. Take a seat, please. Brothers and sisters, we can disagree and that doesn't mean that I hate you. Brothers and sisters, we can have a difference of opinion, but that doesn't have to divide to the degree that we are seeing. Brothers and sisters, what unites us in Christ is infinitely greater than what divides us. So brothers and sisters, can we please work in unity? in part for our sake, but more so for the sake of a broken and hurting world that needs a church to rise this morning and be the very hands and feet of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, can we please keep the main thing the main thing? If we agree on matters of eternal significance, then surely everything else can be walked out in unity in mutual respect, and in love. So, given that we're called to unity, and given that there's a commanded blessing in unity, why do we find it so hard to do? In my remaining time this morning, I just want to get really practical with us this morning about how we can act that is going to promote unity amongst us. And so the, th the first thing I want to talk about this morning are hats. You see, like you, I wear many hats. You see, I have a hat, which is my friend hat. <laughs> I have a hat and a group of people that we can go hang out with, that we can go camping with, that we can just hang out with. And I, and I love this hat. It's a great hat, but it's not the only hat that I have. You see, I also have a father hat. And can I just say, I have a father hat that works both naturally and spiritually. I have a father hat that works with my own children, but I also have a father hat that works with other spiritual children as we go. See, not only do I have a friend and a father hat, but I also have a husband hat. And this is a really awesome hat. <laughs> but most of you don't get to see it. <laughs> I have a manager hat. Now, often I wear this hat at work. Why? Because I have lots of things to manage. You see, it's not just a matter of being Pastor Ash, but I have to manage things as well. I have to manage to make sure that connect group notes get put out on time. I have to manage to make sure that we're in contact with people who might want to get baptized. 
If you haven't been baptized, get baptized. Come and talk to me. Manager hat. Would love to be able to sign you up. I have a manager hat for, for, uh, for Alpha starting this Thursday. Would love to be able to see you. Be a great course. Come along. You see, you won't see manager hat when you come along on Thursday. Because manager hat gets used up to the event to make sure that I get people there. But after then, pastor hat comes on and I get to be pastor Ash. Do you know what the problem is? The problem is juggling all of those hats. They're not even the only hats that I wear. There actually is a boss hat. There's a mate hat. There's a whole range of other hats that I have to juggle at different times. And sometimes in our communication, we miss the hat that is actually being worn. Sometimes, sometimes that's my fault. You know, if someone books an appointment for Pastor Ash but I have my friend hat on. Now, I have to be friendly as a pastor, but if someone books an appointment with Pastor Ash and I have my friend hat on, then the best advice you're getting out of me is, mate, you're awesome. We should go camping. (laughs) I would love it. May not be helpful. But that's not even the biggest issue. The biggest issue comes with these two, my manager and my pastor hat. Because some of you right now may be thinking, hey, I had an appointment with Ashley and it didn't go so well. Why? Because Ashley had his manager hat on and I needed a pastor. And if that has ever happened, I'm really sorry. I am. But can I also say, sometimes that's not my fault. Because what if it was actually a manager conversation? You see, if it's actually a manager conversation, then I should have my manager hat on. But if you're expecting my pastor hat, then maybe, just maybe, it's not my fault. Maybe, just maybe, it's just a matter of recognizing the hat so that we know the conversation. Can I say, I'm guilty of this? I've worked at the church over 15 years. Pastor Tony and I have had many conversations where he's had his boss hat on. Who was that? Who was that? Can I say in that moment, Tony is right to have his boss hat on. Why? Because he's my boss. And if I walk away from a conversation that Tony is having with me going, hey, what you did there wasn't helpful, which was true. And if I walk away from that conversation going, oh, Tony doesn't like me very much anymore. I've just put he should be my pastor more than my boss in that moment. And he was actually right, and I am wrong, because I didn't recognize the hat. If we're going to maintain our unity, we need to recognize the hats that we each have to wear, and as much as possible, make 
the right hat for the right conversation, but also recognize that if others are wearing a certain hat, I can respond to them wearing that hat. I don't have to respond to them wearing the hat that I want them to wear. Second thing to maintain our unity is that we need to be careful of the masks that we wear. Not just the masks that you guys have on the mo- at the moment. I'm talking about the masks that we wear to try to project something that we're not. Now, right now, you're laughing, and rightly so, because you know it's me, but I don't look like me, and I don't sound like me, and it's not because of me, it's because of what I'm trying to project coming out. The reality is, is that we all wear masks. How many people have you asked, how are they going? And you get the answer of, fine. (laughs) You know they're not fine. But the mask is there to project out what they're actually not. Just like this doesn't look right and it doesn't sound right, neither do those conversations that we have. They don't look right, they don't sound right. You see, we may be trying to project out strength when we're trying to cover a weakness inside of us. You see, we may be trying to project out confidence over doubt and over fear. We may be trying to project out humor to cover our insecurity. And all the while, it doesn't look right and it doesn't sound right. And in those moments, we have a choice. Just like we have to recognize the hats, we have to drop the masks. Now, not everyone needs to know everything that you're going through, but some people do. And as long as we are making progress moving forward, then we can drop the mask, we can act in unity together, and we can walk out what God is calling us to walk out. If you're wearing a mask... God can't heal you. Oh, can't God do anything? Yes. But he won't do anything that you don't allow him to do in your life. And if you're trying to project something out, God can't bring healing because you're not where you're trying to project. He can only bring healing to where you are. And you can only show where you are if you drop the mask. Last thing for this morning. We've talked about hats. We've talked about masks. Let's talk about filters. You see, this is a water filter that I use to fill up the water tank in my camper trailer. Oh, camping. (laughs) See, my camper trailer has a 100-litre water tank in it, and I can't get water out of my PuraTap for 100 litres, that's way too hard. So I connect this up just to a garden hose and I run the garden hose in one end and the filter traps out all of the 
metallic taste and all of that of our lovely Adelaide water supply. (laughs) And out the other end comes the water that I drink. We all have one of these in our heads. Gee, that's a bit big for in our heads. No, not for some. (laughs) We all have a filter in our head. And it takes all the information that comes in and it filters out what's important to us and lets that go through. How do I know we have one? Well, husband and wife, myself and Kathy, can be sitting on the lounge watching TV and my wife looks at me and says, what was that sound? And me, like nine out of ten husbands. What sound? Why? Because my filter took it out. But my wife's didn't. We need to clean our filters. You see, I grew up in country South Australia, which meant every Saturday night as a teenager, I would go out for bushy and doughies. And that made perfect sense to myself and my friends because of the filters that we have. Even in our alignment with life, For the last probably decade, we have been using, as in Victory Church, was using the word operations to mean business operations. We use the term operations to mean things like leasings and maintenance and hirings and things like that. In our alignment with life in New Zealand, they use the word operations to mean Sunday operations. Everything that happens on a Sunday, our teams, our car park team, our cafe team. Same word, very different meanings. And we had to change our filters in the alignment with life so that we could actually communicate and talk the right things. Can I encourage you today? The filters that are in your head need cleaning. And if we're going to maintain unity, we need the Holy Spirit to come to do His work and to help us with our filters. In conclusion today, some of God's blessings are unconditional. The Bible says the sun shines on both the righteous and the unrighteous. The salvation is available to all. It's, there's no limit. There's no condition on some of God's blessings. But some of God's blessings are dependent on our obedience. From Scripture, there's no doubt that we're called to live in unity and there is an additional blessing that comes when we choose to pursue unity together. Just as a reminder, what unites us in Christ is infinitely greater than what divides us. And practically speaking, can I encourage you, recognize the hats, drop the masks and clean the filters so that we can live in unity together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the blessings that you give us. We thank you so much for all that you do. And Father, it's our desire today to live in unity with you. Father, help us. Please help us when it comes to our hats and our masks and our filters. 
Help us to work together closer with those that you have knitted us together with and called family. Amen. Amen. Can I just speak to everyone right now who wouldn't say that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour? Can I just encourage you? Can I ask you to think, both in the room and online, what is it that's stopping you? Can I be a little bit more pointed? Can I say, what mask are you wearing that's actually stopping you from coming to Jesus today? Is it a mask of, I've got this? That's okay. Is it a mask of, I'm self-reliant? That's okay. Can I encourage you, just like all of us wear masks at different times, if you're wearing a mask before God, can I encourage you this morning, will will you have the courage not only to take the mask off, but to drop the mask? Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.